I hate starting the podcast with welcome in, seeing as every single other podcast on the planet starts with welcome in to XYZ Podcast. But here's the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. And you know what I spent the last five minutes doing, Mark? What's that? I spent the last five minutes Googling welcome in Canadian because I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with my co-host Mark Gunnels. But today, this is the Andrew Christian Wiggins Show. Oh, Canada. <laughs> That's the only part I know. <laughs> but yeah, and you know what? I'm going to give you some credit because you hopped on a little before everybody else has hopped on now. You know, you were still a little late. I was telling you before that Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on this team. And you kind of, you didn't totally write me off, but you was kind of hesitant on saying it. Well, because it I figured at the time that so if ago. Andrew Wiggins was going to be the second best player on the team, that spelled doom for the Warriors. That was the logic. Right. And you were wrong in that logic. But you came around. You did come around. I'll give you credit. What, it was like a week ago or two weeks ago? You said he's the second best player on the team. Before game now. three. Yeah. But I will say, I don't know how wrong. See, it's tough. I, I'm tough to say it's wrong because I didn't. For, for Andrew Wiggins to do what he's done in the last two games with career highs, not playoff career highs, not final career highs, entirety of professional basketball career highs in the NBA finals is something that even you, the most ardent, Wiggins supporter was not planning on happening. Well, rebounding-wise, not career highs in scoring. But, yeah, definitely rebounding. He's had career highs the last couple games. But he's always been capable of doing this. I've always knew that. He was just in freaking Minnesota. Why would you be inspired to go get extra rebounds and lay your body on the line for the Minnesota Timberwolves in games that don't matter in November and December and January? It makes no sense. I think you're taking the victory lap a little bit too far. How so? I think you're just saying that in the position that he's in now, he's proven to be very successful. But he wasn't doing this in Minnesota. I mean, scoring, yes. He, he was scoring higher higher than in Minnesota. Well, that's because he was more of a more primary option. But, like, when yeah. you're th- well, we're talking about the reason why Andrew Wiggins is, is the focus of the conversation. Uh, well, first, Steph Curry goes 0 for 9 from 3. That's part of the reason why Andrew Wiggins is the biggest part of the conversation. And secondly, though, it's because of the all-around game that he's playing. It's not just because of his offensive output, even though yesterday – was the he was the driving force that led the Warriors in points and so on. But there, that's not the reason why we're talking about Andrew Wiggins in the way that we are. It's because Jason Tatum is shooting like 30% from two. <laughs> and that's after. But that's the thing, though. That's the thing people don't realize. Out of college, he was looked at as the elite defender. Like, that was the thing with him. Because his offense, there was like, he's going to be raw offensively. He's athletic, but he's a very raw offensive player. But he's a great defender. That was the narrative out of Kansas. It just didn't translate in Minnesota because he didn't care to really be in Minnesota after a while. It's like, who's going to play hard-nosed defense in games that don't matter when you're in Minnesota? Jimmy like, Butler did. Like, I'm like, I'm, like the Anthony Edwards, well, like, I'm sorry. Anthony like, I, Edwards is not a good defender. He's he's, not. I'm not saying, but you're saying he's not trying. You so that your, your, your assertion is that Andrew Wiggins didn't try until he got Defensively, because he had to do so much <laughs> okay, offensively. All right. <laughs> but. I mean, that's the thing. If you have to do so much on one end and you're – you're not going <laughs> to give your all on the other end in meaningless games. It's rare. Only a few guys do that. 
I just don't think that Andrew Wiggins is now trying, and that's the solution to the problem. Like, I mean, come on. You don't think he's giving more effort now than he did in Minnesota? I think he's – I mean, I think the effort I – mean, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I'm sure that he is – He, uh, you know, with, with the finals right there, is there a little extra motivation? He put up five, ten more shots going into the – but sure, is he, is he more dedicated than he was to his NBA lifestyle now than he was then? Sure, but also after being on two separate – like, his life experience has helped him get here. Like, he was the throw on this trade with D'Angelo Russell for Kevin Durant. like, his, And he was the former number one overall pick. Like, It's not that. I don't think that it was just an idea of like Wiggins looked around and said, oh, you know what? Minnesota's got nothing for me. Let me get the hell up out of here. I don't think that was the case. Uh, I think you're wrong. But like I said, I don't. I don't think you followed him in Minnesota as closely. I mean, as I, I, did, so. I mean, I've watched the NBA. Like I was like, yeah, I don't, but I'm you, not, you didn't watch as closely as I did. Right. <laughs> I watched a lot of Minnesota Wiggins games, man. I'm telling you, this is not. He's given way more effort in Golden State. He so what you're telling me he's a front runner then? Like that's that's the story of what you're meaning. Like I, mean, I was trying to call it that. I was fine. trying People to make this Steph a nice Curry. story. Who call Steph Curry a front runner? I'll call Steph Curry a front runner before. I mean he's got multiple Finals trophies, right? He's got multiple. I'm like no, he's. I mean. Is Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. Like Steph Curry, and I'm not he, like if you want to debate what's his big playoff shot, whatever. I don't really truly care. Like you just look at the percentages with the volume and the amount that he makes by numbers. He's the best shooter of all time. Andrew Wiggins isn't the best anything of all time. Like well, like I don't. I'm not trying. Like like if I'm trying. I mean, what I'm trying to say Steph Curry is Wiggins debate. Like what are we doing here? Well, this is what you just. I, but like, you said front runner. I'm just saying I, call Steph Curry a front runner. That's all I said. People okay, and that. so like and I disagree with Steph Curry being a front runner because he has multiple Finals trophies. Like I would understand if like he wasn't like right now he's the best player on the team going into the Finals and like sure. Is it easy? I, and I understand what he's saying, like well, what you're saying, rather. Like Steph is the best person to turn a six-point lead into a 12-point lead. However, he's doing this shit in the playoffs and in the finals, whereas Andrew Wiggins wasn't never there ever prior to before. And if he wasn't on the Warriors, probably wouldn't be right now. But I'm saying that all to say he is the reason why the Warriors have a lead in the finals. He's the reason why the defense that he's played, he's the reason why all world, everybody, Luka Doncic, so they're ready to crown. He's the reason why Luka's sitting at home. And I'm ready, I'm, so, I'm ready, I'm ready to so give you that. I understand why, why you're fighting me This then. is I don't not get a career it. referendum on Andrew Wiggins. This is the right here, right now. I'm not going to go, I can't go back and revisit all of this other shit because no, like, cause it's not like that he just woke up and started trying. No, he's in a more advantageous spot, absolutely, and, and, and sure, maybe it's a little bit harder to get up when, uh, when your team is, is 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 losing in January, in February, in March. But part of that is being a professional basketball player. Like part of that, like like part of, of that course, is. But I'm, but I'm saying though, it's being disingenuous to say that some some guys, everybody's not built like a Jimmy Butler or a Kobe Bryant. Like some guys need to be in a great situation to want to give their maximum effort. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. I mean, we've seen plenty of examples of that throughout sports history. Guys that have been in shitty situations that go somewhere else where they have guys around them that have been there before, have championship pedigree, great coaching. You're in a better city. You're in San Francisco versus Minnesota. I mean, it's a lot of different factors. So I don't think that's crazy to say that a guy going from Minnesota to Golden State may just try a little harder. I don't think that's crazy yeah, to but, say. Uh, but what you're, what you're asserting, yeah, I, I just can't. And you're like, you're like pushing back on that. Like, that's a crazy thought. Yeah, take. because the Andrew Wiggins, I mean, the idea that this is not out of the blue, 
is is hilarious. Like the idea that you were like, oh, he's just like he's just uh, the idea that he was just you know waiting in the wings in Minnesota. If he had just had one more guy, this was a possibility. That's not the case. This is a possibility right now because what's really happening is. The Warriors. But I'm, rec- I'm on record saying it, though. Like, I have old tweets saying it. And he's I'm, in a you better were situation. Wrong then. He would be an all-star. <laughs> and he literally were, made the all-star team this year. But like, you were wrong then. Like, how I'm was so, I okay, wrong? Okay, so, okay, better situation. He'd be an all-star, sure. Was he an all-star this year? Yeah, because the fucking K-pop bands voted him in to be an all-star starter. Oh, see, now it's all the was Andrew Wiggins supposed to be an all-star starter? Yes. No, he's supposed to be an all-star, not all-star. Okay, so I'm, 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 I, I didn't say all-star. I didn't I'm, say all-star. I'm with starter. you on the, but I'm, but, but are we, are we saying that he's not? Let's see. There's what is it? 15 people make the all-star team. Andrew Wiggins would have been somewhere squarely if you were ranking it all fairly, and it's not fan vote and all of this and that. You're just ranking off basketball talent. He's somewhere between the 12th and 17th best player in the Western Conference this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's a borderline all-star. So he's a borderline all-star. So that's what I'm saying. You're taking a victory lap when you could have just. Taking it right here, right now, and said, "You're right. He's carrying Steph Curry through the NBA Finals, well, and he not, locked." It's not, it's not carrying Steph Curry. Bruh, the last two looks, last last game, absolutely, and defensively, he is playing the role. See, this is why I didn't want to even go out. You do all this Minnesota stuff. I can't remember. I mean, I can't forget, rather, when Jimmy Butler was running him off the court. I can't forget it. But what I can also not forget is when Steph Curry goes 0 for 9 from 3 and, and, is, and is relatively ineffective. Uh, 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 in the, in the games, I mean, he's moving the ball. He's not turning the ball. He's not playing poorly, right? He's not he's not thinking it up, but he's just missing everything. The idea that Andrew Wiggins is the guy who down in the fourth quarter, and especially because we were talking about it on this post uh, uh, this postseason earlier, he was always making key plays. It's just the games were never in reach. It was like as soon as the game got to be in reach, it felt like Wiggins got a key rebound put back, and then another rebound and kick out for three that would then take a one point lead to a six point lead. And then we're right back where we were. Steph Curry can do his thing. Like, even that play, not to cut you off, remember the play at the end of the third quarter? That Jordan Poole Yes, shot? yeah. And, and Wiggins got the rebound and pushed the court and passed it to Poole. And that's what I'm talking about. What I'm saying, like, right now, like, he is playing. Like, he's the most, I don't want to say he's the most important player on the Warriors, right? That's crazy to say out loud. But for the things that he's providing, which I don't think he had been providing prior in his career, with the things that he's providing in this postseason run, they're not getting it from anywhere else because Klay Thompson's not providing it offensively, and and, and Draymond Green is has played the first good half of basketball he's played in the finals. He looked really good in the first half. And it was in the first half, and then you know you just—I mean, he was wasn't great in the second half, but but he wasn't a negative. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. As long as he's not a negative. That's so I'll take it. Yeah. But Andrew Wiggins to me. Has been the key of the last two games. So are you saying, even with Steph going for forty? Are you saying that Wiggins is Finals MVP? No, I'm oh, okay. Not. I was making sure. I ain't, I'm making <laughs> I'm sure. Not that narrative is out there. You kind of sounded like you were going there for a second. No, and I have it on. I had it on the list to talk about Andrew Wiggins for Finals MVP. If you close your eyes, plug your nose, and pretend for just a slight second, you can maybe potentially see a world where it could happen. But realistically, it's just not going to. But. If Steph goes like, but this is what have to happen, right? For for me and, and me and Silent Dave were talking about it last night. For Wiggins to go for MVP, it was eighteen to one last night. I think I woke up, it was sixteen to one. For Wiggins to get MVP, either Steph would have to get hurt and not play, or he would have to do what happened in Game Five. Would have to happen again in Game Six and Seven. And seven. Unless it's like in game six, he goes for like some 35 close in a closeout. 
I don't think there's no scenario where Wiggins can win Finals MVP if it ends in game six. I think it has to be an extra game. Like, even if, step, if let's say what happened last night happens in game six, I still don't believe that's enough for Wiggins to overtake MVP. Now, if it happens two more times, then I think we're talking. But I think Wiggins needs the extra game yeah. to realistically have a chance. Because I, yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would say, yeah. The, I mean, obviously, the longer they play, the better his chances, yeah. right? So, like, and if you put, put I mean, and it's, 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 I was watching a game with Mario last night, and it was like, cause I bet big on the Warriors. On the wall, I was on the Warriors everywhere, and I almost hit everything except for an exact margin, 11 to 20. Oh, wow. That last, oh, Aaron, wow. they hit a free throw at the end. Wow. But I did hit the South Special minus nine and a half. You've been hitting that South Special, man. Bro, it don't miss. It don't miss. It don't miss. It's free money. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I was telling everybody they fourth quarter. You know, sometimes I'll be talking to the TV. I was giving my fourth quarter pass. I'm, I'm coaching the Warriors. All right. I'm like, Clay, listen, one more pass. One more pass. Do you know what I'm saying? That's all you need. One more pass. You, you're shooting the ball immediately. As soon as you catch it, just give me one more pass. All right. Draymond, you've been doing great. You know what I'm saying? We're clapping for you. We're happy. Just keep on doing exactly what you're doing. Don't lose anything. Mama going to be proud. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I said, uh, who is it? I forgot. I was talking Looney. I was, no, who was the fourth guy I was talking about? Jordan Poole. Okay. Jordan Poole was in the game that time. I said, we need about 10 points out of Jordan Poole between two minutes left in the third quarter and about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. We need about 10 out of you. We got we to keep this thing going. We got to keep this thing afloat. And I looked at Steph Curry and I said, Steph, are you going to come along for the ride? Now would be a great time to show up. And you know what? He didn't. Like, he, I mean, he didn't. He didn't. He did. I mean, he was breaking threes. He was hunting for threes. That's what, In a game in which it's wild to think that Andrew Wiggins had 26 points, was 0 for 6 from 3. He left so much out on there. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, Curry's kind of in the same plus. boat. But the the overarching thing is there. I, mean, I don't know off the top of my head what Clay shot from three, but to get to the Celtics real quick, how in the hell do you have a game in which Steph Curry goes 0 for 9 from three? Uh, how about this? Two starters on the two starters go 0 for 15 from three, and you lose. By 10. <laughs> you lose by 10. Like, damn. Yeah, I mean – Turnovers and like it's not even the amount of turnovers for Boston. It seems like it always happens at the worst time possible. Like when you see they're starting to get some momentum back. Like that third quarter kind of looked like the fourth quarter of Game One. Like they were getting hot. They were making threes left and right. I'm like, uh oh, here we go. And then you can kind of feel the nervous energy in Chase Center. But Jason Tatum, man, missing free throws. Still can't finish around the rim. If you look at the stat line, he did shoot 50% yesterday, which was the first time yeah. he actually shot well. That was, that was a Jokic 50%. Percentage-wise. No, that was a Jokic no, 50%. Do that, it, was, it was a silent, do that. A silent, a silent, a silent 11 for don't, 21 don't or something that. like that. It was just silent. But he's not showing up in the fourth quarters, man. Once again, he was a no-show. Jalen Brown was awful from the beginning. And you can kind of tell when Brown's going to have a bad game kind of based on his first quarter. Because if he starts off playing good, you can kind of – Bank on him continuing that throughout the rest of the game. But he started off shooting two for nine. I picked, I picked the over on his points, so I, that was way off. It was at 23 and a half. I mean, I thought, because normally the trend for him, no. if he has one bad game, he'll bounce back the next game. He's been doing that the whole entire series on and off, but now he's had two consecutive off games in a row. I bet him to hit a bunch of threes. 
took two threes in the first quarter. Because he seemed to be hitting threes yeah. early on. He gets them up, too. But the thing, on Jason Tatum, not only does he is he missing his two-point layups, but he has this weird way of holding the ball in his layups that I think is contributing to some of the things that is happening to him around the rim. If you notice, Tatum, when he's going through his moves, like, you know, he'll pick up his dribble, plant his right foot, and then plant his left foot to then lay the ball up, he always has the ball down low. Every time he's going to the rim, he's always got the ball down around his knees yeah. and then comes up through guys, and he ends up getting fouled a lot. Yeah. But it's not. it doesn't seem to be as conducive to making the layup as if you were to have the ball up in your chest with your elbows and create the space for yourself. And you saying that, I know he's not as physically imposing to this guy, but it reminds me of, like, Giannis. Because Giannis always keeps the ball up high. That's, well, you know? And that's the thing. Tatum is 6'8". Yeah. He's, he's a, like, part yeah. of the reason why, because Tatum's shot is kind of slow, if you really think about it. He's kind of kind of like this little yeah. wave about him. But he's 6'8", so we can get it up over a lot of different guys, yeah. right? So that's, and, you know, 6'8", with those long-ass arms, it's like this, it's like the Kevin Durant effect. Just obviously, he's not all the way seven feet tall. Mm -hmm. and, and and speaking of Kevin Durant, you saw just how long those Tatum's arms are, because he was blocking the hell out of Kevin Durant. I got the analogy for I don't know if I said this to you before, but I've always said this. I've said this for like two or three years now his body type and the way he plays reminds me of so much of Paul George yeah very similar I could see that they both got long arms Paul George is is if I if I played basketball with any any skill I would want to look like Paul George looks yeah. when he plays basketball. yeah yeah it's real smooth I mean, yeah he just looks super cool and yeah. Tatum is not all he doesn't have yeah that level of fluidity to him in his yeah. game but I I don't like the comp is there of super athletic like weirdly taller than they feel like they should be yeah. of, of guards and wings. But it just feels like he needs to have a ball up under his chin. Like, uh, like he needs to have a ball where quarterbacks hold the ball, not down by his knees. And then and that's I why he turns the ball over a lot because those little guards are swiping at the ball. And then, and then he – like I noticed it really because there would be times – he's had it a few times. He'll try to kick out from a pass uh, from after driving the lane, and the ball is, like, in the fifth row. Mm -hmm. Or he'll try to lay the ball up, and he, like, misses the backboard. Yeah. And the only thing I can figure is the momentum from coming down that far is throwing off the physics of your shot. Look at Martin with the analysis. I, I love the, the hardcore analysis right here. Getting to the physics of the game. It's illogical. James Naismith, baby. Well, it's just it makes no damn sense <laughs> that the man shoots damn near 50% from three yeah. and it's getting and getting killed and it's from two. And and it's not like this is this is an anomaly that we're seeing now. And so like we're I imagining it's it's something to do with the officiating and the way the games are called. And another thing too I've noticed, I don't know if this is uh Yudoka's philosophy. I'm not 100% sure I have to really do a dive on it because he had this before in this game, but he doesn't do it at all anymore. If you notice, there's no in-between game with Tatum. Where's the mid? Where's, there's no midi. It's either a three or a layup. There's no in-between game, and I think that's hurting this game as well. And you're talking about Kobe comparisons. Kobe lived in the mid-range. Well, you want to talk about that. Okay, well, I don't know what was going on with your boy yesterday outside of just trying to smoke my finals MVP, like, you know, and everybody's finals MVP ticket just in case the Celtics do win this thing, but not shooting for the first 10 minutes. And it's not one thing you're not shooting for the first 10 minutes and, like, the offense is cooking. You're not shooting for the first 10 minutes while your offense is in the process of going 0 for 12 from 3. <clears throat> that would have been probably a good time to put your butt on a free throw line. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't understand how they came out. It was kind of like a, a layover, I feel like, from the fourth quarter of game four. They came out very, very lethargic, which was shocking to me. Because if I, I was thinking about making this play, I'm glad I didn't. I was thinking about taking Celtics first quarter, <laughs> which that would have been terrible, right? I did. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> I thought you was on everything Warriors. I was. Yeah. I let, oh, that was I like let, the only I, thing I you did. I let Derek talk me into Celtics first quarter. Oh, okay. What was it, like plus one and a half or something? Yeah. Yeah, I would have took that too. You want to talk about quarters? Uh, how about the – no, it was plus a half. But you want to talk about uh, the Warriors' third quarter was minus one and a half. The Celtics finally have a good third quarter, and then it was just Clay Thompson three, Clay Thompson three, pool at the buzzer, off the Wiggins defense, then rebound. Like, that right there, I, I looked and I was like, the Warriors are going to win this game because that was a deflating moment. Like, the like, it seems like the Celtics were so geared up for the third quarter. <laughs> After hearing how they're getting like, killed, we're gonna win this third quarter. And they, you know, it's tired of the narrative. They sure did, but they didn't win the first quarter nor the fourth quarter, and I feel like they probably came around close to even in the second, and that's gonna cost us a loss. And what about Poole, man? What about these half court shots? He's become like a half court shot specialist in his playoffs, man. It's like what three or four I can remember. First of all, not just his playoffs, postseason play in general. He had ah, uh, I know, I know, the Big Ten tournament against hey. Ohio State. I mean, you got that, and then you got uh, 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 Tweet 16 against Houston. All I'm saying is Michigan men perform in the postseason. That's all I got to say. Where's uh, Nick Stauskas at? Have you seen him when he gets in the game? <laughs> Did he play last night? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. Because I know night. he got the bench well, kind of came finals in. Yeah. Nick Stauskas is one for th- <laughs> one, I believe he's one for three from three from the finals <laughs> in, about, in about three minutes played. Don't show it. Don't hate. Michigan and, man, and, baby. And that's coming off an injury because he twisted his ankle oh, in the Eastern a, Conference Finals. Oh, man. And he had an assist. No, he had an assist. Uh, uh, actually, he might have did play last night. He did play last night. He had an assist to Luke Cornette. Oh, wow. Hey, wow. All I'm saying is, you know, as a matter of fact, that motherfucker cost me the South Special. Not the South Special. The 11 to 20. Oh, why? Because he threw the assist? He assisted the ball to Cornette, and they were up 13. He hit, oh, he hit, wow. He hit a shot, and now it's, now it's 10 points. Backdoor cover. But you still had a good night. It's not like you still had a good You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't be mad at it. Like I said, Michigan players performing the postseason. It's my fault. I shouldn't have bet on the wrong side of Nick Stoss. <laughs> so what, man? Is it over Thursday night? Before we get into Thursday night, let's take a quick break. All right, no, it's not over Thursday night. It's not over Thursday night. It should be over Thursday night, but it's not going to be over Thursday night. And now because I'm saying this so confidently, there's no, you know, bet it worries in six. But, you know, the NBA NBA is going to Scott Foster this or something like, and give everybody a game seven on Father's Day. Yeah, I'm sticking with my original prediction, Warriors in seven. I I just can't see the Celtics losing three in a row, man. I mean – People said they wouldn't lose two in a row, though. So here we are with that, right? But back at home, like you said, I think they're going to get a very favorable whistle. I'm still not convinced we're going to get a Tatum game, and we'll get to that later when we talk about our, our plays of the game. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, the role players like Marcus Smart, he was pretty bad last night. He let the refs get into his head, the players get into his head. I mean, that one play was <laughs> very questionable when you're Michigan, man. 
I, did they teach that in Michigan too? The the art of flopping. <laughs> I didn't see the flop. I mean, I. <laughs> oh wow! Really? <laughs> you turned the blind blind eye to that one, huh? No, I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, listen, listen. Jordan Poole's out there for 15 minutes they a game. They teach that in Ann Arbor, man. He's out there for 15 minutes a game. Marcus Smart is out there for 35. Look, if he can go out there and chip at him a little bit, you know, especially just Jordan Poole not giving you nothing defensively. So he might as well try to flop and pick up something. I will say this. He's got to be a better defender. Yeah. He's such a negative defensively. and and It's so bad. And his shot selection could use some uh, – some reeling in. Yeah. The tweets around him be so funny. I saw another one. They said, he plays like it's a student versus teacher staff <laughs> game in high school. He really does. It's funny, though, man. You got to live with the good and bad, though, because he does he does get into a rhythm sometimes when he gets hot, and it's like, oh, it looks like baby Steph out there. But he has to score. That's the thing. If he's out there, he has to be scoring because if he's not, he's literally unplayable because he is so bad defensively. They're literally hunting him. They had a lineup in the first half. I tweeted. I'm like, you cannot do this. And they caught a timeout very quickly. They had Poole and Belisi. Ah, I said this. I botched his name so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, whatever. He he botched his name because he played terrible defense. And they had an M and Poole out there at the same time. Like, there's no way you can have both of them on the floor at the same time. You can have one of them, but not two of them. You know, you sneaky can't have on the same floor at the time is uh, Clay and Poole. Because they don't pass to each other at all. Is that a thing you've noticed? Yes. First of all, because I noticed it because I was like, damn, Clay don't pass to nobody. <laughs> right? And I was like, Clay yeah. don't pass to nobody. Last night, Clay uh, uh, got a, it was almost a charge. Smart was, depending on how you look. I think that should have been a charge. Yeah, smart, but. Which, the underrated part of that play, there's two men at the rim. Uh, Steph Curry's wide open in the corner, and Clay looked him off. Do you think that's part of, like, Clay wanting to prove that he's still Clay, and he feels like these young bulls like Wiggins and Poole are kind of taking his spot a little bit? No, I don't think he thinks Wiggins is taking his spot, but I think he looks at Jordan Poole as... So you think he he looks at Wiggins like a whole different, like, Wiggins, entity? Wig, Wiggins is... Because him, him is and Wiggins the, don't play alike. Well, Wiggins is the if, – if if you're just doing evolutions of the Warriors, right? Harrison Barnes walked so Kevin, Krent, Kevin Durant could run. Right. So Andrew Wiggins could fly. So Clay doesn't see that position as yeah, competition. That's, 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 that's like that's his own – it's his own thing. That's, that's, that's not – Okay, but with Poole, though, that's, that's a like, better – You know who should be worried about Wiggins is like the Draymond. Not that Draymond is – Wiggins doesn't move the ball as well as him, but like – your hey, that used to be your job, the guy. You were supposed to lock people down. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Oh, Andrew Wiggins happened? Hmm. Interesting. And then don't forget, I mean, I know he's not playing right now, but they got that guy Kaminga on the sideline that showed some flashes this year, too. People are pretty high on him for the future. Just throwing it out there. He got some tick in the uh, Memphis series. I was, you know, people were saying that Boston is a deeper team than Golden State. I wasn't sure. Like, Boston had, I feel like if you want to look at their, I don't want to say quality of player, but I think that people were really high on Derek White. I think people. You know, people like to do that top 10 thing before the series. Like, if you had to name the top 10 players in the series, sure. people were saying majority would be Celtics. But I, but, I mean, the highest you would go was what, maybe 6'4"? 
like six Celtics and four Warriors. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> even when we did it, we had Steph and then we had Tatum Brown, so on and so forth. But like the drop off, like the bottom is not very. When you get to like six to ten. Yeah, <laughs> and then also too, like, I think there was a little bit. I think the media loves Brad Stevens, and they were trying to figure out a way to input Brad Stevens into this. I oh, yeah, like the mastermind behind. Oh, they trade for Derek White. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> And Derek White trade is, is is moving the needle. I'm sitting here watching the Eastern Conference Finals and they're telling me about Derek White. And I'm like, okay. Well, let's give him some credit for Al Horford, though. You got to give him some credit for that. I mean, Al Horford was there before. Yeah, but he was still. Wasn't he like, didn't he have still like front office like responsibilities when he was the head coach? I thought I, I, I thought he still had some type of say. But I mean, this is, it's, I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, but and then too, like Al Horford, like I'm not, I'm not trying to, don't no. poo-poo the, the potential future Hall of Famer, man. He's a borderline future Hall of Famer. Because all of basketball counts. Like, it, like, But if you're just looking at his NBA career, Al Horford, what? He's got what? Probably. I think he's made the All-Star team like four times. But I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Al Horford through five finals games probably has 40 points total. Well, I know one game. And had 26 in game one. That's what I was, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I, as Al Horford. It's, it's probably closer to 50, but, yeah, I, I get your point. <laughs> like, is he a superstar? Is no, he a no, star? No. Is he a guy? I think he qualifies as guy. He's probably their – actually, he's probably their fifth best player, right? Because I'll put him behind Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. Yeah, I mean, I just – you know, as Brad Stevens, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But the idea that – you know, we're looking at backup point guard moves and whatever is the reason why. The reason why this Celtics team is in the finals is because they changed the coach. That's 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 it. It's not Derek Steve. It's not Derek White. It's not Grant Williams. And it's, oh, look at him find him off the. You bench. said the reason why they're in the finals. Yeah. Is strictly because of the coaching change. Yeah, I mean, you think that? I mean, you think that Tatum and Brown didn't have this in them beforehand? I mean, like they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Against LeBron, like years, and I mean, you have, and then you had, you know, the Kyrie thing coming, and everybody wants to point at him to derail things. But I think I, ultimately, why did the Kyrie thing get derailed? It's because pe- people let him get, like, people let him walk all over everybody. <laughs> like, you know that's, what I'm saying? That's like, a big reason. But I, I have to give a little credit to the the other the others. I think you're kind of poo-pooing on Derek White a little bit too much because there were games. Derek pivotal, White is scared to shoot the ball. There were pivotal games throughout this playoff run, though, where Tatum didn't show up, and Derek White was, like, one of the main reasons why they won those games. Like, I, I could point at a couple games against the Milwaukee. I know there's at least one or maybe two Miami Heat games where Derek White was a very, very key reason. And then also the emergence of Robert Williams as a, as a rim protector and uh, just – Overall, like his rebound and his presence, you can't just completely ignore that and say that's strictly because Emmanuel Yudoka. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve saying, a lot of credit, well, but to say he's all I know is a man was diagnosing the, Pop, the, the man was diagnosing uh, Greg Popovich, uh, not diagnosing, diagramming Greg Popovich's defenses for the last however long, and then went to Brooklyn and before that, but then all of a sudden he goes to Boston and got the number one defense. I yeah, but know. let's not. But let's not act that's like they don't have the is. personnel. If, if, the, if the man was, if the man was a chef, and he worked at a restaurant as the as the assistant chef, right, and then he gets hired to a new restaurant, he's the head chef, and all of a sudden that restaurant goes from one star to five stars. 
Probably got something to do with the chef. But let's not act like Boston was a bad defensive team before he got there. They, they weren't, weren't a they great weren't number, They weren't number team. one. That's right now, but the they weren't like one of the worst in the Why league. The, the Celtics got to the finals. I mean, we talked about it this whole time. They've been, they have been, offensively have been up and down. Right? They're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they pretty much live and die by the three. We, we saw the perfect example of the last night. They go 0 for 12 and 3, they're down by 20. They hit eight in a row, they go up. Right? And then they yeah. even, like, it's, it's, they are living and dying by three, even more so than the Warriors do. Yeah, which is crazy to think, right? But they so they went defensively. Yeah. That's no, that's that's you. I I just you can I just I I, was, I just give Udoka and his belly pouch the credit he deserves. I'm giving him credit. I just don't. I just think you're giving him a little too much credit. It's all the same pieces. It's all the same pieces. Like it's like Derek White is if they need war for baseball, like like to like you know what I'm saying like to kind of like I don't know what it is, but Derek White's war. Can't be that great. Like Derek White is not that great of a like Would his. You say the closest thing we got is that it's probably plus minus. I don't even. I don't even know. I, I don't know how big of a plus minus guy you are, but. But I mean, I, I just. I, I would imagine Derek White's plus minus is pretty good. I would bet that Derek White has a negative plus minus in the finals. I would bet that Derek White has a negative plus minus for every series, maybe excepting the Miami one. Well, we'll go back and do some research, and we'll get back to you on that. I'm not even trying to shit on it. I'm not saying this negative. I don't know off the top of my head. I really don't know. But I just can't imagine that it's like uh, overall through the playoffs, I would bet that through however many games they've played, what, four, seven, seven, and now five. So through 29. Yeah, I can't imagine that he. Well, I can guarantee it was a plus in the Brooklyn series. So that's one series for sure. I'm sure it was a plus in just because they were up like most of that series. So by default, I'm sure it was a plus in that series. Well, we'll see about that. In the meantime, who's going to win game six? Are we going to see a Sunday night uh, game seven? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So we see Boston. So should we just load up on Boston big time, just empty the accounts on Boston Moneyline and just yes. wait? Yes. Yes. Empty the clip. Bet the house. Mark Bet says the bet house the on house. Boston in game six. Just like you did, Aubrey, you went all in on the Warriors last night. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing for Boston in game six. Well, that's Mark's advice. I'm not sure I'll do the exact same. Oh, come on. I'm a little concerned about that. (laughs) I do think that. I think that it's going to be a big key, though. I think that we we will have a Game 6 win for the Celtics. But what concerns me is... Game 6, Clay. Sort of. (laughs) No, no. I think he'll make shots and it'll be overblown. But what really concerns me is Jordan Poole got going a little bit. But really... Steph Curry's inability to make a shot last night, and they don't play again until not Tuesday, not Wednesday, not Thursday. Yeah, I mean, they don't play till Thursday. He's gonna make at least five threes. Bet the over on his threes. Like oh, off the off the game where off of this and it's in a closeout. Like I, nah, man, I am. Uh, that's that's. I can't bet against you. Talking about hooping like a light skin. That's the light skin people. Whew, that's yeah. I can't bet against that light skin devil. So it's safe to say that you would not be having any action on Thursday night. Nah, you said it now. On Tuesday, I won't have any action on Thursday. By Thursday. Yeah, we still got 48 <laughs> By Thursday, hours. my situation might change. <laughs> Listening to the Extra Points podcast, as I give my play today there, it will 90,000% be from the NBA Finals Game 6. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. 
The largest best ball prize pool is here, and it's only at Underdog Fantasy. With $10 million in total prize money and three prizes of a million dollars or more, the best place to play fantasy football this summer is Underdog. Best Ball Mania is a seven-figure prize, and last year, the winner drafted in June, so there's no time like the present. Join Underdog and take your shot at a million-dollar draft. In Best Ball Mania, you enter the contest on the Underdog website or app, draft the team, and that's it. No waivers, no trades, no, zero, zilch, nada, in-season management. Underdog gives you the best score of the week each season and your highest-scoring drafts at the end of the season – Plus, Underdog is on a W first deposit up to 100 when you sign with the promo code Cousin Sal. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3, Mark Gunnels. What are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with promo code Cousin Sal. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Cousin Sal. Mark, your Lemon Pepper Parlay presented by Underdog Fantasy. Yeah, so my Lemon Pepper Parlay presented by Underdog Fantasy for Game 6 in Boston, Thursday night. I'm taking the over on Andrew Wiggins' rebounds at 8.5. The last two games, 16 and 13 respectively. And I'm going to combine that with the under on Jason Tatum's points at 28.5. Last night I did. I uh, had Wiggins plus 12 rebounds and Curry plus 40 points for like 4,000 to one. Oh, wow. And I never would have thought that Wiggins rebounds would have been the, like <laughs> the breeze. <laughs> so for mine, my underdog fantasy uh, parlay, I'm going with Steph Curry over five and a half rebounds and Steph Curry over five and a half assists. I think that we see near triple-double Steph coming in game six. I think he's trying to go home. He said he wore a shirt last night with his wife's name on it. He's ready <laughs> she to go can home. cook. He's ready to go home. <laughs> He's ready to go home. She can cook. He didn't cook last night. I'm going to cook some dinner tonight. <laughs> but, uh, Mark, I think that'll do it for this edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. Next time, we're going to say welcome in Canadian. I wonder next time, are we still going to have basketball being played? Or is this it? I don't know. I don't want to think about such sad things. You're not ready for baseball? Football's what, 90 days away? Roughly. Something like that? Roughly, yeah. So it's just, just, a, just what, 90, 90 day fiance? That's, that's all we gotta wait. If they can get married in 90 days, I can wait for football. Season. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs>